Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley Blast. Just 13 months ago, the Cardinals were 10-2 and and the Suns were rolling to a franchise record in regular season victories. And yet today is Black Monday in the Valley where we hear the sound of championship windows shutting on both sides of the house. Today, the torch has gone out on Lit City, which is why Michael Bidwell's next move is so important. It's not just about fixing his broken, leaky, wayward organization. It's about restoring hope in the Valley. Something to prove that history isn't repeating itself before our jaded, skeptical, tired eyes. There needs to be a change at head coach. There needs to be a new GM. There needs to be an industrial-sized cultural overhaul in Arizona. And there needs to be an owner who is willing to look in the mirror and step out of the Bidwill family comfort zone. It starts with phone calls to the two impact coaches, Sean Payton, and Jim Harbaugh. If they're not interested, fine. Then you move on and hire the best external general manager candidate you can find and let him make the call on the head coach. But the key word is external because after a season full of dysfunction, dereliction, scandal, and embarrassment, you cannot promote from within. There is nothing worth promoting and everybody knows it and so should the owner especially if he's spending all all that time watching film. Bottom line, for all the madness, madness, meddling, and big red bird manure that will forever mark the 2022 season, today is the day this franchise needs to confirm something very important, that they are not the same old Cardinals. Stop yawning, Jarrett! Today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Dalton takes the snap, tries to spike it, but time expires. And the Cardinals win December 5th, and they're in double figures in victories. 10-2, and two, and the Cardinals remain atop the NFL standings. Two years ago, it was five wins. Last year was eight. The Cardinals are already at ten. And they got five games to go, and they maintain a one-game lead over the Green Bay Packers for the number one seed in the NFC. That was it, Big. Thirteen months ago. Soldier Field, months. December 5th, 2021, after a 33-22 win over the Chicago Bears. And you heard Dave Patch on the call. With all of the energy and excitement in his voice, the Cardinals were 10-2. and two. What started on December 6th, the very next day, and has continued through that five, what, what, it was five and 23? Five, five of their last 20. They're five, five and, and 18, 18 in their last 23. In their last 23. Un, unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, this is right off the edge of a KLIFF cliff. Um, and again, it, this, this past season is not necessarily Cliff Kingsbury's point or his fault. This is really, this is more of a GM failure than anything in my opinion. This whole thing is kind of just toppled. It's been a house of cards, if you will, but the lack of depth, the draft mistakes, there has been no real free agent. Boom! And so as a result, you got a football team that is circling the drain right now. And, and now the good news is in the NFL this year, we have seen many examples of quick turnarounds. You go hire the right person with the right fresh eyes and the right perspective, yes. and, and your fortunes can change overnight. Brian yeah. Dable did that by going from Buffalo to New York. Doug Peterson shows 
Eagles up in Jacksonville. Look at them. What, what they've been able to do. We saw what happened in years and years after Robert Sarver would do the same thing. Promoting from within. Giving jobs to people who didn't deserve them because they were easy to control and because they didn't cost money. You saw where that got him. It got him in 10 years of dysfunction and quicksand. Lindsay Hunter. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. So we lived that for a decade. So all these examples are right here in front of Michael Bidwill. And Michael Bidwill is a smart man, which means if he doesn't do this, this is a signal to everybody that this franchise is going back to what it used to be. A little mom and pop shop that doesn't really want to deal with that of what it takes to compete to win a championship. And that's what people are feeling. That's not just me making that up. I haven't seen a house of cards collapse like this since Kevin Spacey got canceled, babe. Sorry. Since that one woman was thrown in front of the train, babe. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That was early in the show. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. when the show was still good. Correct. <laughs> Correct. That show or our show? Oh! Oh, dang. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. Getting better with age, Dan. Yeah, right. Me. No, so again, so listen, I, it, it's, I, I don't want to make this seem that serious, but it really is that serious. It really is. And so to the contrary, here's the thing. Michael Bidwell has been very, very, very close to the vest with all of this. Even the people who generally get the information are like, I have no idea what he's going to do. And so, and, and maybe that's good, and maybe that's a byproduct of an organization that's gotten, as I said in the blast, very leaky. Very leaky. Very leaky in certain directions. Yeah, well, yes, yeah. definitely in certain directions. But to the point where where J.J. Watt's medical condition got out. Okay? And that was something that we talked about in real time. And in, in this year of top-to-bottom dysfunction, I think that one gets glazed over a lot. The... The reaction from J.J. Watt, the frustration that J.J. Watt felt, and obviously a very trying time for him and his family, a scary time. Um, he didn't feel like he had, I, I, in that moment, I don't feel like he had the trust, he had the trust of the people in his organization. Mm-hmm. Like that information was going to get out, so let me get ahead of it and yeah. break, break the right. news myself. Right. That's crap. Yeah, it is. And, and that's so, also indicative of what the culture is right now. So so Michael Bidwill, we know that um, according to various reports, he's been exercising due diligence, talking to people, scouting. We know there was a report that he was kind of involved in the NFL's acceleration program where he was kind of looking at that pool of candidates, of potential GMs. It, it's really important here. And again, it's I, I'm not saying Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson aren't qualified to do this in, in a co way. Um, I'd, I'd be very I'd be very leery of a co anything, especially a GM. Um, oh, absolutely. You just play that out in your head. Who gets the credit? Who doesn't? Who, where's that ever worked? Where's that where's ever, it ever worked? been employed? Right. So if they try to pass that off as the solution to this problem, shut up, Jared. Stop yawning. <laughs> you're, I wasn't you're yawning, yawning right no. at the end of my blast. I wasn't, no, I wasn't yawning. I was, I was inhaling the yeah, goodness. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, is, <laughs> <laughs> It's so ridiculous Sarah's laughing at that. And and so this is really kind of what it all comes down to here. It it's they've it, Michael Bidwell's got to show he's serious about this and that 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 the thing that doesn't matter to him most is having this comfy organization where he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Well, it's 8:11 a.m. Mm-hmm. and nothing yet. Is that Okay. Mean anything to you guys? 8:11 um last time I checked that's still not afternoon. Okay. 
2 o'clock was supposed to be the, the media availability by Cliff Kingsbury, right? Yep. Correct. Yep. We'll have... By noon, we'll, we'll know something. Right in the middle of the Wolf and Luke show. Uh, Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, and The Offspring, and so many more returns to... Uh, Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets are on sale, but you can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win a pair of tickets. Coming up next, it's not all on the GM or the front office. It's not all on the head coach or the coaching staff. A lot of this uh, mess that the Cardinals are in falls on the players for 2022. We'll get into that and more next on this Big Red Monday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Uh, Disappointing for the players and then obviously, you know, motivation to be a lot better moving forward. Um, I think as a competitor, that, that's the first thing that you think of. Um, you know, even watching that team, how talented they are, winning 10 in a row, um, just, you know, what it takes to get there and, and how you can try and be there one day. It's Cliff Kingsbury yesterday speaking after the Cardinals' season-ending loss in San Francisco to the 49ers about being disappointed for the players. I will say this. Something stood mm-hmm. out to me, and I don't know how much of this um, you should I should read into, but... In what was a meaningless game for the Cardinals, and I know Cliff Kingsbury said, hey, they're trying to win this game. It was fait accompli. They're not going to win this game. As currently constructed, even though the 49ers didn't have much to play for, the separation of the, the, the talent levels on the two teams that was on the field yesterday was vast. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did notice on the sidelines, Bick, and maybe it was the J.J. Watt factor, maybe there was just a, a, an overall increased energy because of you know guys wanting J.J. Watt to go out on a high note. There was a lot of encouragement going on from guys in street clothes. James Conner was, you know, up and down the sideline encouraging players. And that to me is surprising. And and what it means in the big picture as we contemplate all these changes that could happen with the Arizona Cardinals, I'm not sure. I will say this. I don't think this team ever quit uh, on Cliff Kingsbury outside of Late in the Mexico City game against the 49ers, okay, the second George Kittle, t- the, th- the third George Kittle touchdown, and Antonio Hamilton was the guy that took uh, you know a lot of the blame for that. That was the one instance of a of a team giving up. Does this hold any water to you in in Cliff Kingsbury maybe keeping his job? I, to me, it doesn't. Again, the stink from this season. I, but, it, but again, it, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's universal. I don't think we can say the team didn't quit on Cliff Kingsbury when Michael Bidwell on Hard Knocks tells the team well, half of you are cutting corners. When Vance Joseph questions people about their work ethic and how they need to play like Buda Baker, I think part of the team has continued okay. to fight. That's fair. And I think part of the team. Has is not. That's what I think. I just thought yeah, the, at this point, I thought the recipe was in place for it to be a lot worse visibly than what it was. Yeah, with, I think, with, I, like listen, a, like I think shaping a, up to a fifty-eight nothing think, game in Seattle. I think JJ Watt has everything to do with that. Well, you're, that, that's a good point too. There's nobody who wanted to be part of his wrath or, or soil his last victory lap with this franchise, especially with the with the uh, with the. Um, it, it, the example that he set by leadership, by doing, you know, shocking his heart back into rhythm, mm-hmm. playing every week. 
I, I think he playing and, well every week. Yeah, and I think Buda Baker deserves a lot of credit too. But I think in these last few weeks now, this has sort of been J.J. Watt carrying a football team and an HBO television program to the finish line mm-hmm. is what it's been. And in terms of the changes that are coming, we know changes are coming from a personnel standpoint. Just from the sheer number of free agents, that's another issue. When you look at this list of free agents, there's not a ton of guys that stand out off that list and say, he's got to come back. Mm -hmm. There's a couple that probably should have been re-signed already in Byron Murphy Jr. and Zach Allen that are Mm going to hit free agency. Mm -hmm. But other than that, Rodney Hudson, gone. Justin Pugh, gone. A.J. Green, gone. Matt Prater still has some juice left in the leg, but, Mm -hmm. you know, could they find it? Starting to get real. Not as good this year. He's getting wobbly. I agree. Yeah. Calvin Beecham. I'd sign him. I'd sign him, too. That was a guy who showed a lot of fortitude this year. And leadership. And leadership. And and I think from what I can gather, although I don't know this for a fact, but I think from what I can gather, he's one of these dudes who's not afraid to tell Kyler Murray what's what. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Uh, Byron Murphy, we mentioned. Cody Ford. eh. Nick, Another guy they traded for, by the way. Nick Vigil. Tanner Vallejo, Ezekiel Turner, I think you can find some value there. Uh, Go further down the list. Will Hernandez Mm -hmm. might consider bringing him back. Antonio Hamilton, maybe him. Maybe. Um, At the right price. At the right price. I mean, that's yeah, a, no, it's, that's, Zach Allen, Byron Murphy Jr., Calvin Beecham, those seem to me, uh, out of these guys you're talking about, is the must signs. Everything else, it, it's you're wide open to just complete rebuilding. When you have the three big thing, of 28? Yeah, the big thing here is going to be, what, what does DeAndre Hopkins want to do? And if DeAndre Hopkins wants to tap out, and a lot of us are hearing that that is where it's going, if it has, hasn't happened already, then then the, the Cardinals are going to have to realize there's a cap hit that goes alongside with trading him. There's assets you get in return. All of that, along with the Kyler Murray late arrival the next season, sounds like a team that might need to punt on twenty twenty three if you don't if you don't hit on everything. Now I'm not I'm not saying that's your goal. I'm saying your goal is, like I said, your goal is you swing for an impact coach first. You get into the Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh sweepstakes and see where it goes and see if there's a fit and see if there's a match. Because those guys, I can guarantee you, whoever hires them, they're going to be worth every penny they get. And it's going to be a lot. And and so that that's where I go. And then after that, like I said, then you go for the GM candidate and then you get somebody who can map out your vision for you. Because the people – I wouldn't trust anybody right now currently in the building to map out the vision going forward no. because we see where it's gotten them to this point. But that leads that leads to the possibility of, my, in my opinion, what would be the worst case scenario. And that is what you just – punt on 2023. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Houston Texans the last two years bring in lame duck coaches that everybody knew were lame ducks that couldn't compete with the talent or lack of talent they had on the roster. And now they're hiring a fourth head coach in four years. Yeah. Um, a punt situation, let's say it's Vance Joseph for one year in the interim. That to me is the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Because you follow up a year that was this disastrous with a year of apathy. And it, a, a, apathy that is emanating from the organization. Eh, we couldn't get our guys. Yeah. Kyler's hurt. Here you go, Vance. See what you can make of this. Yeah. And maybe we'll get a great story. If not, we'll just hire to, another coach. That me, would be the worst case scenario. To me, the worst case scenario would be the promotion of two in-house candidates to serve as GM, the retention of Cliff Kingsbury with the caveat that you need to hire an offensive coordinator. That, to me, would be that would be moving deck chairs around the Titanic. That's what that would be. 
and and that's what a lot of people fear. The Vance Joseph thing, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I've been very impressed with Vance. I, I think that Vance is, is one of the handful of guys who's had a very good year individually. I think his defense been a lot better than their metrics and where they rank. But again, he's been he's been the loudest voice in the room. You, you can tell from hard knocks. He's part of the culture, as you pointed out. And, and to me, if you're a serious organization, it, it, you need to take a, a gigantic fire hose and wash down the walls. Mm-hmm. Power washer. Yeah. How much of it, though, is them not knowing exactly how long Kyler's going to be out? That That is such a big factor on the punt or not punt. If he's misses yeah, two games, yeah, or if he misses six right. or start, eight games, because your starting quarterback is really, really, really sidetracked to San Francisco 49ers. You're right about that. So I was thinking exactly that when when we were coming into this segment that we complained so much about injuries and stuff. You know, Debo Samuel's missed been in and out and hurt all year for them. And they're on their third string quarterback who yeah. just won six right. games in a row. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's that's right. And that's the master class. I'm that's not I'm not I'm not asking the Cardinals to turn into the 49ers overnight, but that's the master class right there. To have a team and a culture that strong that you can you can survive all that stuff. That's what the NFL is. And to convince yourself otherwise you're just you're just complicit in the con. No. If you you buy into this idea that oh our poor team Shredded by injuries. But what's what's the big difference there? Culture. Yeah. Identity. You know what the San Francisco 49ers identity is. Mm-hmm. And when you can lean on identity, it doesn't matter if it's Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy playing mm-hmm. quarterback because they're leaning on their identity. Purdy's yeah. been real good, too, by the way. Yeah. And you can flip this around. You can say, you can if, as much as people are fearing the worst, this is a great opportunity for Michael Bidwell to, to infuse um, and resuscitate a fan base that's grown very apathetic. And to do that, you could do that with a bold stroke. Who knows? He, he's been very... Very close to the vest about this. Maybe he is. Maybe he's going to surprise us all. Maybe I'm wishful thinking. Maybe he's talked to Sean Payton. Maybe that. They, maybe they're a match. Maybe the whole Bidwell family playbook is going to make an exception for a guy that used to be a ball boy for him. I don't know. I, maybe he's going to surprise us. I've got my fingers crossed. I, I, I just know that back in the day, it, it, his aggression and his ambition and his desire to win helped bring to life a team that just was not even competitive with the rest of the NFL. Yeah, and it's it, a lot of people are fearing that this team is sliding back to that era, and that's that's what he has to. That's what he's got to avoid, in my opinion. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. As of right now. The color attached to this Monday is still big red. That could change. We'll get into some possibilities with Kyle Vandenbosch next. Cardinals radio analyst. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. The 14 teams are beginning preparation for playoffs today. 18 teams see their seasons come to an end, including the Arizona Cardinals, who fall to the 49ers yesterday, 38-13. and 13 and a guy we've talked to on a regular basis throughout the season, Cardinals uh, radio analyst Kyle Vandenbosch joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Kyle, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, well, I, the subject matter is not a pleasure. Uh, the Cardinals got some some work to do, and I'll just start with a big, broad based question. Axel Rose once sang the uh, question, "Where do we go now? Where Where do the Arizona Cardinals go now after this giant mess of a season, which was basically that way from from the very beginning?" Kyle. 
Yeah, look, it, it would be easy if there was one or two things you could point to as being the downfall of the team this year. Um, everybody's got a hand in what happened this season. Um, everybody's got blame. Um, and I, I think really you leave no stone, un- stone unturned. And, and um, listening to you guys talk earlier, um, I think the biggest thing right now is Michael Bidwell needs to – decide what the culture of this team needs to look like and every decision going forward in the immediate future and in this offseason needs to stick to that culture, stick to that plan. Um, To me, look, there's a lot of problems. There's a a lot of reasons, a lot of excuses. Um, The biggest issue is discipline. And um, I, whatever happens next season, I don't ever want to hear – self-inflicted or shoot ourselves in the foot again because after every loss that came up and that is the reason this team is two and six in one score games that is the reason that this team finishes with only four wins um you know in spite of the injuries a disciplined team finds ways to win games and not beat themselves and this team was incapable of that. It's well said. Uh, I'm curious, as a guy that played the game at a very high level, tell me about the power of a new culture, if it's the right culture, because, you know, last year at this time, people were talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars being in a complete state of disrepair. The Giants had cycled through coach after coach after coach, and it was all the same. They Those two franchises hit on the right external candidate, and they turned it around in one year. The power of the right culture as it might apply to the Cardinals. What is it in your opinion? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And and if I can give one more example, look, uh, for those that watch the Detroit Lions hard knocks, um, I think a lot of people kind of laughed and said that, you know, that's not going to work. That's not how football is played now. That's not how you approach training camp. Um, The Lions have a culture. The Lions last night had nothing to play for. Nope. And they went out and they battled and they won a game and played hard and are a physical, disciplined football team. Look, they're not a great football team, but they are physical and they have a culture and they have an identity. And that's something to build off of. Um, You know, I was skeptical all along, um, you know, with the... Uh, it was a semi let's run it back approach. It was we're good, we're talented, let's take training camp easy, let's um, just get everybody healthy, roll into the regular season. And, you know, I, I don't think that works. I think um, you can't, and I've had this discussion with you before, you can't start light and then try to tighten the screws when things don't go well because it doesn't work. And, you know, I'm, I'm whatever happens, um, I, I like Coach Kingsbury. I I don't know at this point. He's been around these players long enough. Um, you know, players, coaches can work with the right type of locker room. I don't know that he can tighten the screws himself because, A, I don't know that it's in his personality, and, and B, you know, players kind of roll their eyes when – um, you've been treated one way um, the whole time, and then a coach flips and tries to be somebody else. So, um, you know, if if you know, Mr. Bidwell and and uh, Coach Kingsbury sit down today, and and you know, Coach Kingsbury has a plan and he has the right answers and and has a way of of having a more disciplined, um, having a more physical football team, um, and, and those answers are satisfactory, then that's great. But it, it, it really needs to be a more disciplined, more physical football team. And to me, 
you know, one of the frustrating things is just watching this team, particularly the defense. Look, you know, I think the defense has been given a pass for most of the year just because of lack of resources. And for the most part, um, you know, they play – they execute pretty well, but they fall apart in the second halves of games. And it looks like, um, you know, it look, at times it looks like conditioning. It looks like they're not well-conditioned athletes late in the fourth quarter. And, and um, you know, they're a team that's uh, one of the worst. Um, they, they give up almost the most points in the third and fourth quarters, and, and that can't happen, you know. And, and they do play well in first half, but tend to fall apart. And I also think – to a degree, it's it's a bit of a false narrative that the team has continued to play hard because I, you know, watching the All-22, I can see plenty of examples of guys who aren't pursuing from the backside. Um, you, you know, you look at just over the last few weeks before Kyler Murray got hurt, he was late for a meeting. Hollywood Brown was late for a meeting. These are key players that you're depending on. And when the leaders and your best players in the locker room aren't doing the right things, they're not that your hardest workers, they're not your most disciplined players. It's real difficult for the other players to follow. How about it? Kyle Vandenbosch, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line on uh, Bickley and Murata mornings. Let's go down that road because, you know, nothing is concrete right now. We don't have any resolution on what the future holds and what Michael Bidwell's thoughts on the culture or building that culture are right now, Kyle. What what is the message sent to the Cardinals, the Cardinals fan base, the NFL, if Cliff Kingsbury gets a chance to run this back again? I think you need to, if he does run it back, and, and again, I'm not saying that that's the wrong answer, but I, I think we need to see the plan and we need to hear the plan. We can't um, just say, hey, we're, we're just going to run it back with Coach Kingsbury and hope things go well. That We need to understand that if there is not, a change at the top, um, whatever that might look like, there's going to be a change in the culture. And we are going to share that vision with our fan base so that the fan base can be on board. Um, because, it, it, you know, I think it is difficult for people on the outside to, to envision that change in culture without a change um, with either the coaching staff or a change in the front office. Um, you know, it, it needs to be shared and, and that vision needs to be clear. And I think you need to attach whatever personnel decisions are made this off season. You need to attach those decisions with that vision. If, if that makes sense, like it you, it needs to be laid out. You can't just say, you know, we're going to change. It, we need to hear it and we need yeah. to see it. Yeah, no doubt about it. There's certainly a credibility crisis here. All right, let's end on a positive note. As a former D lineman, um, tell us what you think J.J. Watt meant to this team because I shudder to think what this team might have looked like in the last month because, as you said, I agree with you. There have been some guys who have been still fighting. There's some guys who are just coasting, and you can see it a mile away. Um, I'm not sure what this team would have looked like if J.J. Watt wasn't pulling this team or this television show to the finish line. Your thoughts on J.J. Watt and what he brought to this team yeah he look uh, he's a he's a one of a kind i mean quite honestly and it's as uh, to me my respect for him has very little to do with his production and more to do with the type of person type of leader type of locker room player he is um you know he walks away from this Arizona Cardinals locker room. He's only been here a short time, um, but he hopefully will leave lasting effects with the young players in that locker room with 
Um, you know, when you have these Hall of Fame type players, um, for the young guys to come in and see how they worked, how they approached the game, how they led, how they treat other people, how they interact in the community, um, you you change the young people in that locker room. You change the Cam Thomases, the MyJ Sanders, the Zach Allens, um, and. You know, that's the legacy that J.J. Watt leaves. You can see how he relates to people. Um, you can see how he treats people and how he approaches the game. And he's been a true professional at every level. He's He leaves um, not just the Cardinals locker room and not just the Houston Texans locker room better places when, when he is gone. Um, he touched the whole National Football League and, and the communities. And and uh, to me, that's that's incredible. I mean, Look, you know, when I played, I was so laser focused and, and just worried about myself and the football team and what could I do for it. Um, it's difficult to find time to give back to the community. And he has made that a priority throughout his career, not just um, a guy who's worried about himself and, and not even just worried about his teammates. He, he truly cares about the people in his community and the effects that he can have on it. Yep. Kyle, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for Thanks, uh, carving Kyle. out some time on a lot of these Mondays when the subject matter has not been all that fun to talk about. We appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure, guys. Have a good day. Thanks. You too, Kyle Vandenbosch, Cardinals a radio analyst, our guest on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next... The playoff field is set in both the AFC and the NFC. We'll take an early look at some of the matchups on Super Wild Card Weekend. I'll still never get used to that. But, hey, that's what they're calling it. We'll do it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Yep, season over for the Arizona Cardinals. 4-13. and 13, They tie a franchise record for uh, most losses in a season. Third time they've done that since 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, also did it in 2018, the one year of Steve Wilkes. That led to big-time changes in the organization. Does this 13-loss season uh, lead to big changes? We'll get more into that. Uh, the NFL playoff field is set. And there was some, there was some drama yesterday, uh, mostly in the NFC with the Seattle, Green Bay, Detroit uh, triumvirate, if you will. Mm-hmm. Seattle wins. They got a lot of help from the officials in beating the Rams in overtime. So that puts the spotlight. Uh, that that eliminated the Detroit Lions from playoff contention. So the Lions are in the Sunday night game against Green Bay. Packers need a win to get in. And Kyle Vandenbosch just talked about it. Culture, playing hard, that has been consistent with the Detroit Lions, a team who had nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. They beat the Packers. They eliminate Aaron Rodgers, maybe ending his career in Green Bay. Uh, and that might be a story for the next couple months. Yep. But sends the Seattle Seahawks to the playoffs. I, I would say this. I would say that you could make an argument that um, it's a shame the Lions did not get in with that win last night. Uh, but I will say this, that if you are a football fan in Michigan or you're a Lions fan in Detroit, the feeling you have this morning is sublime. It's it's incredible satisfaction and hope for the future. They're in a good spot. I'm not certain the Lions had to make the playoffs to get into the sweet spot that they're in right now. Eliminating Aaron Rodgers and that smarminess and finishing with a winning record after all the travails they've been through. 
Yeah, they're 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 a team that's going to be tough to deal with next year. Now that doesn't mean they're going to 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 be all that because we we have seen here locally how fast these windows open and shut. Yes, but yeah, that they were uh, they got my respect last night. I'll say that much. Overall, the playoff field is what it is. And you only got two teams with buys: Kansas City with the mm-hmm. buy in the in the AFC, and Philadelphia with the buy in the NFC. But looking at the six matchups this weekend mm-hmm. upcoming, and I'm not saying it leads to bad football. I'm just saying the quality of the matchups, the sexiness of the matchups, is about as low as I can remember going into a, a wild card weekend. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I kind of yeah, I was a little underwhelmed myself. I think the Tampa Dallas game is fabulous because, as I said earlier, somebody <laughs> has to lose. But it, but let's let's break that down a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's the Monday night game. Tampa as the NFC South champ at eight and nine. And they're playing a team in Dallas who had something to play for yesterday, potentially. Uh-huh. They get blown out by Washington on the road, put forth their worst effort of the season. That I, I think that puts a damper on that matchup. But yeah, I, I'm like, yeah. I, am I crushed well, about it? No, because I'm so tired of hearing about the Dallas Cowboys as Super Bowl contenders week in, week out. Show me something first. That's that rule applies to that organization. I think more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Man, they get elevated because they're America's team, and they've had their moments this oh. year. And their defense is good, but Dak Prescott has regressed as a quarterback. Here, in the NFL. Yeah, listen, I, I I think this. I look at the playoffs, and I say to myself, and I was thinking this last night as I was watching the Lions game, and I was deeply rooting for the Lions to pull that off, and I was really stoked they did. But I was also countered with the knowledge that Green Bay at San Francisco is a much better playoff game than Seattle at San Francisco is going to be. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I look across the slate of games. New York, the Giants at Minnesota, hmm, Dallas, Tampa Bay, that's going to be interesting. Seattle, San Francisco, that's a very NFC West-centric kind of matchup. Yeah. Miami, Buffalo, I guess the Tua controversy is going to be interesting with that. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Lamar Jackson playing, will he play? That'll be interesting. And then Clippers, Jaguars. Uh, Clippers. Clippers, Jaguars. Chargers, Jaguars. It's like, You know whoa. Kawhi Leonard's not yeah, right. I, I, I've done that, too, because you see the LAC. LAC, that's, yeah. a, that's the way You're I notated so used to it. it. Yeah. So I, I look at that. Well, you and can't I, spell lacking without LAC. And, and then, then I look at the AFC and I see this this incredible impending collision of where football left off with the Demar Hamlin um, incident, and it was Cincinnati versus Buffalo for the right to play Kansas City or unseat Kansas City. That was the story going into their regular season matchup, yeah. and that's kind of how it's going to play out in the playoffs. And the shame of it is, if it's that Buffalo Kansas City game, it's going to be a neutral side game, which is just. A total, sh- it, yeah. it, probably unavoidable, but man, confusing, unprecedented, all of those things. But to deny one of those fan bases a home game, mm-hmm. that really stinks. Well, the yeah. only the only thing saving this this weekend of, of games, at least in my opinion, going in, Bick, is what you mentioned, and that is three of the six matchups are division matchups. Seattle, you think that's Stanford? good. Well, yeah, because you get, I mean, do you get ch- pumped up at all for Jacksonville and the Chargers? No. <laughs> no. Seattle, San Francisco, there's heat there. Miami and Buffalo, even though Miami needed a field goal to beat the Jets to get in, I think that's going to be a blowout, and, but there's heat there. And Baltimore, Cincinnati, yeah. there's heat there. The Lamar Jackson story is going to bring a lot of a lot of something to that Baltimore-Cincinnati game. I agree, but overall, I think it's a pretty lackluster. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. The big, like overall, it's the team that was hardest to believe actually made the playoffs is Seattle for me. If you're looking at just 
expectations in the season. Who would have thought Seattle would make the playoffs and Denver would have one of the worst records in the league after that trade? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think any of us expected Seattle to be there. Um, I got a tweet this morning from a listener that said, I, re- I remember you guys making fun of Seattle. What do you have to say for yourselves now? You'll never mention this tweet. Well, the person who tweeted it actually deleted it because I tried to respond to it. Um, here's some breaking news. Dan Bickley or myself or Sarah Cazell or Jared Carlin or anybody who works in sports media can't see the future. I tip my cap to the Seattle Seahawks for getting in. I didn't expect it. You know, Geno Smith broke the franchise record for most passing yards in a season this year. I did not know that. (laughs) 4,282 yards and 30 touchdowns, which is great numbers. Credit to Seattle. I hope they lose by nine touchdowns in San Francisco will. on Saturday. I really hope they do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't give them much of a shot. I, but I, I do agree with you. I don't see a lot of good games here. I think if Tua doesn't play, and what a can of worms that would be to roll him out there now. That's not going to be Miami Buffalo is not going to be much of a game. I mean, they scored nine points against the Jets yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing if Lamar Jackson doesn't play with Baltimore. Same. That's yeah. Right. So uh, so yeah, I, I think I, I think I tend to agree with you. It, it's it, this is and, and that neutral side AFC Championship game. If they park that inside a dome, I'm I'm gonna hurl. <laughs> that will be vomitous. Yeah. Well, guess what? They're not gonna put it in a cold weather city. Pick. I'm sorry to tell that you. Will, yeah, but but th- Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City are the three teams in the in the orbit of this conversation, and they're all cold weather's teams. Yeah, Indianapolis Let's put it indoors. Indianapolis has already turned it down. By the way. They've got a function. I think yeah. a volleyball tournament. No, they're uh, changing out the turf in Indy is what they're doing. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, that's what they're doing. Oh. Uh, here's a stat, too, that they, they flashed this up during the Cardinals 49ers game yesterday. In this season, there were 68 different NFL uh, starting quarterbacks. 68. Wow. 13 different teams, including the Cardinals, used three or more starting quarterbacks. That's the most that's happened in a season since 1950. Wow. Is that not crazy? That's that's and it's insane. affecting that's a lot of these playoff yeah, matchups it's, it's too. Everything the NFL does not want. Yeah, uh, but it also shows. It also shows you injuries happen to everyone. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But the injuries. Uh, <laughs> uh, the countdown to Super Bowl Fifty Seven has begun, and Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. Text Super to six twenty six twenty. Register and then listen for your name starting February sixth. You can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl plus. You'll win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Fan Party, the Bud Light Music Festival, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Coming up next, we'll hit some social studies with Sarah Cazell. Straight ahead, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Auction Community Studios on this Big Red Monday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.